All right, welcome to another episode of the Final Percent Podcast, and I have one of my very favorite human beings on planet Earth with me today. Brian Bogert is someone who I've kind of aligned with. Uh, it's not really a, a, a if Batman found his Robin, it's more if Batman found his Superman. Like we are the new Justice League of personal growth, and we're and it's all because we've we've gone through this stuff. And I was actually talking to him before uh, before we got on here, and we were just kind of you know catching up, catching each other up on a, on on the businesses and where we're going. And from me to you, now I know a lot of people know that he has been to a couple of my events, but this is something that I just shared with him, and I'm going to share it with everyone out there. One of the reasons I love watching him work is he's always my favorite speaker at any event that we're at together. And it's because now behind the scenes, guys, you guys got to know this. And this happened before we even got to this point. He will literally say the words, Greg, I want to challenge you on that. Hey, why are you feeling that? What if we unpack that more? And then I'll give him, you know, some like some, you know, word ninja stuff that he just blows right past and goes, yeah, that's fine. But you didn't answer the question. Um, And he challenges (laughs) me right up front. But here's the here's the big thing. And I wanted to make sure he knew this. and, And just as important, everyone else knows this. He challenges me from when he's just on stage and when he's just being my friend. And we were talking about a, a, a certain situation that I have that I'm struggling with. And, you know, he's someone that I can open up enough with to where I can give him all the data points and he can ask this. And one of the things that I said is I said, I feel like I need to protect these people from this situation. I feel like they're this, that, or the other. This is his response. And this is how you know you got the right people around you. He says, Greg, you don't have to find the fight to protect the people. You can just, he goes, there's no doubt in my mind that you can stand there and you'll take the bullets and you'll help them and everything. But now listen to me when I say this, everyone. He says, you do not have to find the fight to protect the people. And I'll tell you, that is what I needed to hear in that moment because he, he and I are kind of connected and and he was sensing my pain and he was sensing a lot of stuff that I was going through. I had a little bit of trash there. I say still trying to take it out there. I say, but uh, I was turning a little bit into Oscar, Oscar, the grouch, but you know, and then he said, you know, the, the root word of, of suffer in Latin is to carry. And he's like, you know, you're carrying a lot right now and I can see it. And, you know, I just, I wanted to kind of edify him a little bit with that to, so that everyone who thinks that quote unquote gurus exist, every time someone goes, yeah, but you're a guru, Greg. No, I'm not. Gurus, just so you know, don't exist. And we all need help. And I'll tell you right now, Brian is someone that I respect and I can be vulnerable with. And, you know, someone who I can lean on and do and have leaned on and someone that I am excited to go down the rabbit hole in the trash can, dump out the trash, do all of that in this episode so that you can get brought into his world a little bit. Because I'm telling you guys right now, 
I am going to introduce you right now to one of my very favorite humans, coaches, trainers, and speakers, Mr. Brian Bogert. Thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Holy shit, bro. What an intro. <laughs> like, I... What I love, and I just have to say this, one, and I'm going to say you and George are two people that I've seen do this, like, well, the three of us, really. We freestyle introductions based on our heart, our experience, and what's right in front of us. We don't read bios. We don't, like, and, dude, like, I received. Thank you. Like, that That was, I'm, I'm like, I wish I could just carry you around with me everywhere <laughs> I go, and you just... You set me off on stage and we're going to be golden, bro. Yeah, I, dude, I feel the same way. And, and uh, yeah, one of, one of, one of, you know, our mutual friends that actually you introduced me to, you know, George Bryant, who, you know, lit the stage on fire at our last event that we had. I was just like, he is melting everyone's brains. Oh, yeah. And, you know, this is one of the things that I'd like everyone to hear when I say this, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for for George, sure, a, a ton of respect for Brian. And one of the reasons is they are not scared to connect people. Now, there's a lot of people out there, I guarantee you, who would not want to connect you with a Brian or with a George because they're going to be scared. Oh, I don't I don't really want them on my stage because they might, you know, upstage me or, oh, they, they're going to steal my thunder or whatever. And it's funny because when I met you guys, I was like, how can I get on stage with you can you get on my stage can i get on your stage can we just go hang out do you want to have coffee did we just become best friends there's so many room so much room for activities and only know, if bunk only if we get bunk beds bro only oh if we yeah. get bunk beds yeah and <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing you know being able to you know recognize when someone goes into their superpower and clap and be excited and and be excited for them be excited for the other people in the room but just like what I told everybody, you know, when I was talking is, you know, far and away, the the stuff that I really need in my life, because, you know, I, I identify with so much of the things that you talk about with triggers and trash, because, you know, I came from an extraordinarily poor home. I was made fun of, you know, I never had the Nintendo. I never had the nice stuff. I was always like the you know, basically like the trailer park kid, like, uh, I don't, let's not hang out with him. Nobody ever wanted to come over for a, a, a sleepover at my house. That's just not the way it was going down. My mom and I lived in a car for the, for my first uh, year of high school. Like we lived in a 1984 Pontiac Sunbird. And it's funny, you specifically, and this is something that, you know, everyone can know about me now. You have fundamentally changed so much about me through transference and through like passive challenges, like what I was talking about, because, you know, I'm always looking for the limited edition thing. I'm always looking for, you know, that, that really rare thing, the unique thing. And then I want to go tell people that, Oh, I got the limited edition thing. And it's because I always wanted to be limited edition. It's because I was always with the, you know, I had the Walmart shoes. I had the Walmart pants. I had the Walmart this and everyone could have that. But I, I realize now that my, you know, addiction to stuff that, you know, still I'm overcoming in a lot of ways was that, that I never had it. I, I was never mm -hmm. enough. I, I always, oh, you have those parents or, oh, you, why did you get the, those are, you know, last year's jeans or whatever. 
And it's so funny, man, from the first time I heard you speak and we had a chat, I mean, you, you fundamentally started changing my life and how I viewed my own stuff. Cause I was like, is that why I like limited edition stuff? Is that why this, <laughs> is that why I want this? Is that why, like, is that why, and I'm, I've been working on this. It, it hasn't completely gone away, but when I had the, uh, uh, I had a really expensive car, but how I used to talk about the car is I would say, yeah, you know, that car right there that looks like the Batmobile. Yes. $220,000. Okay. Check this out. When's the last time anybody with a Honda Civic ever looked at you and said, yeah, check that out. That's $25,000. No, it's like, why did they need to know the price? They needed to know I had it. They needed to know that I was that person. And, you know, this really started changing early on. I mean, we're talking about within the last three years where you and this is why because you always challenge me man and I would and that's why I had to let you know I'm like dude just with the way you move and the way that you talk and you help people through trash and triggers I mean you've challenged me on so many more levels than I think you realize and the reason why I want to be so vulnerable right now is to make sure that everyone knows you know gurus don't exist like I'm not a guru I I I'm well-read and in sometimes it's very much a state of do as I say, not as I do. And I'm doing the best I can just like everyone else, but it's people like you that are that the real gold and the real wealth of life on the people who can say, Hey, you didn't answer the question. Whoa. Uh, I, Brian, I wasn't ready for you to know that I did that to you. <laughs> and so I just, you know, thank you for, you know, helping me along on my journey and in a lot of ways, taking out trash, I didn't even know existed. And that's kind of your specialty, right? Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, I, I do want to tell you, I mean, I think it's interesting because we've walked some pretty tangential paths, though we've had lots of different unique experiences in life. I think we both didn't come with a silver spoon, right? We both had to work for a whole lot. And, you know, I grew up in an area where I paid $4,000 for my first car. And one of my best friends was given a 700 series BMW for her first car, right? Like Those that, that was cars. my comparison point, right? And then a whole variety of other things with my story and with with so many pieces in my life but you know i really didn't have a healthy model of what human connection looked like mm -hmm. right but what i had a model of is what i could acquire in terms of the what's in my world what house what car what amount of money what amount of things what like all of it and and in my seek of chasing what i lost the ultimate thing which was who i was it cost mm -hmm. me the ultimate price but here's the crazy part about all of it right all I was doing was trying to find connection and love through validation and performance. Like so many other people Hold that on. are impacted Hold by on. shame. Say that again. You were trying to find connection and love through? Through validation and performance. And the reality of it is there's so many people that are rooted in some level of lack of self-worth or shame or what have you, in so many ways, just are subtly nuanced down this path of, again, learning to receive love and connection through validation and performance. Wow. Right? It's based on what I have, what I've done for you lately, all these things that have nothing to do with who you are. It has everything to do with the external measures. And so, you know, that's something that I've been really unwinding for myself. And as I've been taking out my own trash, you know, I can sit here and tell you from a totally vulnerable position, brother, that. I was more protectionary of the physical things I'd acquired in my life than of the people that were using them or around them. Wow. Meaning my truck would get scratched. 
I cared more about the truck and would get angry and react at whoever scratched my truck, not about the human that might have scratched my truck. Right. The nice things, the cameras, the things I would never let any borrow anybody borrow things because I was always afraid it was going to get broken. Right. But I was more protectionary of the physical things I'd acquired than I was about the people that were in them, around them, or using them. And by the way, they were the ones I was trying to connect through with these physical items. <laughs> so what the fuck about that? Right. Oh That's how goodness. damaging the trash from your past can be. And what you and I talked about even before this, bro, like the thing is, is the trash from your past isn't your fault. It just becomes your responsibility once you become aware of it. Mm. Wow. There's so much, you know, and, you know, I, I resonate with that as well. You know, you know, I've, I've been, I've been a performance person for a lot of my life and needing that recognition, the valid to be validated. You know, I needed the applause to know that I was of value. Um, and then it's so like, I think everyone, including myself needs to hear what you just said. You know, you buy a, a camera or whatever to connect with people, but then you won't let anyone use or borrow it, or you won't even take it out because you don't want it to get broken. So then you can't connect with people. You know, we can literally just end this right now and and just, you know, on the on the YouTube video, just do a giant stamp that says value. There you go. Because holy <laughs> crap, those two things. Now, there's going to be people out there who have that don't know kind of where you're coming from. They don't know your story. Yeah. So you're can we can we hear a little bit of your story, what you've course, gone man. through, what's going yeah. on? So that people, of course. Understand. So, since I know that a decent portion of your world has heard portions of my story, I'll just keep this like really hard and to the point. August 10th, 1992, 6 10 p.m. I was seven years old, was at a Walmart with my mom to get a one inch paintbrush. And as I was standing next to her car, waiting for her to unlock the doors, a truck came out of control, hit my car, knocked over me, ran over my stomach, giving me a tire track scar on my stomach and tearing my spleen and continuing on to completely sever my left arm from my body. Next thing my mom hears, she is my brother's voice and it's saying, hey mom, Brian's arm is over there 10 feet away. And so I have to pause and I always have to acknowledge not only my mom, because I wouldn't be here without her, but there was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this took place. And there was a lot more validity brought to the story this last August because uh, I got to meet this woman on the 30th anniversary of the accident within two hours of when it would have happened for the very first time. So I used to always say I'm forever indebted to this woman for her choice to go into action for the literal life and limb scenario that she saw in front of her. Wow. Why that became more powerful is she had a friend with her that day and her friend did not go into action. Her friend turned her head to go on another day. And I want to be really clear. There's no malice against her friend. She had every right to do that. I have no hurt feelings, no nothing. But the power of choice shows the ripple effect of impact that we can create because when I asked this woman, why did she come over? Why did she decide to save my life by stopping the bleeding on the main wound? And why did she instruct people to go inside and get a cooler and fill it with ice and get my detached limb on ice within minutes? And she said, I never even thought about it. I just acted. Mm. And what became very real for me is, is that she was so instinctively going into a protectionary mode based on her training. It actually caused a ripple effect of trauma in her life for about a decade that I got to learn about. And we got to talk about it. But it was really interesting because I used to call it my story as if it was my fault. And I started calling it the accident 
over time because it's not my accident. It's the story. It's the accident. It impacted my mom, my dad, my brother, the driver, her, every person in medical staff. And that's what the ripple effect of our existence can be. And so it just brings more credence to what you and I talk about. It's like, dude, I just believe that moved people move people. And so when you recognize that, like, I was stuck very, very early, I had to learn how to not get stuck by the things that had happened to me, but instead get moved by what I could do with them. And there's just been a whole lot that's come from that. But, you know, I used to think that my, my story, right, my, my, my real, like, hero's journey, like the, the thing that made me was this accident. It wasn't. When I was 20 years old, I rebroke my arm in a snowboarding accident, and I almost lost it again. And it went by my side, hanging there for 10 months, while seven surgeons refused to do surgery on me because of medical malpractice. And me realizing that the world had bought into the power of the narrative I'd created for myself over that last 13 years, which was Brian's good, Brian's strong, Brian's capable, and he can do anything himself. Now, the part that the world added to the narrative that I never said is, oh, by the way, if he needs help, ask for it. Here I am in the most vulnerable period in my life, so depressed, so isolated, so disconnected, so like angry for a minute because nobody was there. And then I realized it wasn't about them. It was about me. That was the narrative I put into the world. And I just didn't happen to have the courage in that moment to ask for the help. Mm. But what it really allowed me to start to understand is that I had to start looking inside because up until that point, I lived largely just on mindset and mental toughness, which is only a portion of the equation, by the way. And so when I started to really understand that human connection was what it was about, that's when I started to look inward and started to realize all of the trash that I had buried and convinced myself was not affecting me. Because when I shut off physical pain, when it exceeded my ability to cope, yeah, my physical body healed, but it didn't from a cellular level. But I also shut off mental pain, spiritual pain, and emotional pain, and all the healing that had to take place in each one of those categories. For about 25 years, I was shut off to it. And so once I saw it, I couldn't not look at it because I truly was living in this place where I felt heavy all the time. I was super disconnected. Man, I felt like I could never catch a breath. And then I started to realize I was just being weighed down by the years of trash that I'd been carrying and all the armor that I was carrying along with it. And so when I realized how disconnected I was and how much I didn't, the more money I made, the more miserable I was. And, and I don't want to be really clear here. It had nothing to do with the money. It had everything to do with what was I actually chasing. Mm. And I was chasing the what to get the who, which ultimately led to an emptiness because the who was not really there, right? I believed if I'd built this life of significance that people might just want to be around me. And then that narrative of me being alone wouldn't ever exist again. And so it didn't, it didn't pan out that way. Wow. And I realized that's when I needed to really flip things around and I've been for the last decade digging pretty far and it's amazing the, the trash that I've identified and taken out and the treasures I've found buried underneath all that trash pressure wow that's probably yeah I I just I find your story so or I find the story I'll adjust it uh I find it every time you tell it it's just it is such a perspective shift because you can start understanding you know, what is important in life and the what that we think we're chasing is so different. I, I recently heard a story that kind of reminds me of this, of, of, you know, when you get into like the, the dopamine chase that, you know, this society is promoting. 
Um, he said, have you ever noticed if someone drives a Ferrari, you don't actually care about who they are. You care about one of two things, usually just the Ferrari, because you're like, wow, it's a Ferrari. Everyone thinks Ferraris are sexy because they are cool. Good talk. But he goes, the next question that you ever have about the person is what do they do? Yeah, I wonder what they do. <laughs> they don't care who you are. Yep. They only care. What do they do? Oh, they're probably a lawyer. Oh, they're probably a tech person. Oh, they probably got into Bitcoin at the right time. But they don't they don't talk about, oh, I'll bet you that guy's an awesome father. Like uh, buying a Ferrari has zero like yeah. expression of what kind of parent you are. And you know, recently I just took Conrad sledding, he's one. And like the whole time I was thinking, like, oh, this is the actual wealth of life. This is it's all it's that matters. So here's the thing. This is like what I absolutely realize. And we hear all this all the time, right? Like people talk about being in the present, being here right now, like all these things, but like the most simplistic thing to do and the only thing real is right now. It's literally the only thing real. Future is always fabricated because we can't do anything other than fabricate it. We can manifest it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the future is always bad, but like, it's not real. It hasn't happened yeah. yet. Mm. The past is skewed through our filters of our own trash and whatever our intellectual and emotional narratives have caused us to believe about the stories that have happened to us. When in reality, as Ryan Holiday says, there's the event that happens to us and the stories we tell ourselves about it. There is no good mm. or bad without us. And so if we recognize that like, that's the case, I mean, even in the situation, you're right, you look at the car and it's like, what does he do? But how many people do you say, hey, tell me about who you are. Hey, who are you? And they, they answer with what they do. Yeah. 99% <laughs> of people will not answer who you are with a who you are answer. They will answer yeah. it with what I do. Exactly. And so if wow. it's so far ingrained that where you can't even recognize the, the incongruency in answering who you are with what you do, that shows how disconnected we are even from ourselves. No fucking wow. wonder we're disconnected from each other. That's powerful. So one of the things that I think people are, this is kind of the downfall of, you know, humanity is, and this is, is from governments because certainly culturally and politically we get this uh, spouses, friends, business partners, is people get, and I'm going to say this word, and and I want you to just talk about it because I think, again, you're one of the rare people who can actually give people insight on how to deal with triggers. Mm. And governments get triggered. Religions get trigger, triggered. Friends get triggered. Business, triggers are everywhere. And people are running around trying to pull the trigger as fast as they can. Mm -hmm. Their own trigger, other people's triggers. And until you get taught some tools or some awareness to de-escalate de and to choose not to pull the trigger. Because usually it's a reflex, not a choice. Yeah. So can you just talk about your, your research and your ideas and the work you've done and the yep. different philosophy around triggers. Cause I think it is something where if we give insight and awareness, 
we can really change people's stars and change the entire trajectory of marriages and businesses and hopefully the whole world someday. But help me understand your view on triggers, man. So when I reference the trash from your past, I'm largely referencing triggers. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big believer that there's many people in this world who believe that they're stuck because they have the wrong strategy and tactics in this world. I mean, brother, that's why we see so many seven step t- systems for success and, you know, your get, get rich quick and all these shiny objects that distract so many people from real quality work that helps them build and improve who they are, their lives, their businesses and their wealth, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a lot of gimmicks out there and, and it makes sense, but here's the reality. Strategy and tactics are critically important. They're critically important for scaling your business, your life, your relationships. Like you need systems and processes and strategies and tactics and Skill sets, knowledge, all get you there. Yeah. But they're not what keeps you stuck. Mm. The only thing that's keeping you stuck is the trash from your past that's connected to the emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning that exists there. Mm. Now, your triggers are those things that often will cause you to react in a moment and flip your lid and cause a lot of damage Mm. in a situation because your wife said something to you about how you loaded the dishwasher incorrectly, but it had everything to do with how your grandma looked at you when you were four. Mm. Our triggers and our trash are those things that transport us, transport us from our current moment into a prior patterned memory that causes us to feel that same level of protection, that same level of fight or flight that we might have in a different situation. So when we talk about trash, right? I've suffered deeply from shame and I suffered deeply from anger, neither of which I was consciously aware of for years. They were developed from the trash from my past, right? I didn't believe that people believed my story because I'd come out of the hospital and I'd have a teddy bear because my arm had to be 90 degrees from my body. So the teddy bear is between the sling and my arm and my arm would heal this way. And everybody would say, hey, Brian, what happened to you? What happened to you? And I'd tell them the story. I'd look him dead in the eye. I was running by a truck and my arm was torn off. And they'd pause immediately. And they'd turn and look to my parents. Which told me they didn't believe me. They didn't believe my story because that's what they were doing. They were looking at my parents for validation because what kid gets run over? They were expecting me to say I crashed my bike or flew off a jungle gym. Right? And a whole variety of other things. But that's just an example of the source of a trigger. It would then cause me to feel like I wasn't going to be seen and understood and I wasn't going to be able to connect at the deepest level. And so what would I do? I would protect myself. I didn't realize this for years. But so what would happen? My wife would come up and she'd say, hey, honey, what are we going to do with the kids this weekend? Totally innocent question. But because being a husband and father is the number one thing to me, it's the only thing binary in my world, right? This is how my shame trash caused me to hear it. Hey, um, Honey, you've not done enough to be a good husband and father recently. So what are you going to do to make up for it this weekend? Oh, yeah, that's a different. That's that's a different thing happened inside your head. Right. Not what she said to me, Mm-mm. but that's what I heard. Yeah. Wow. That's what I felt. Right. So then what happens? I literally flip my lid and I react on her and I rattle off the 10 things I've done in the last four days to show her that I'm a good husband and father. Wow. Now I've created damage which has caused more of a ripple effect in her world, causing her to trip on her trash, right? Causing her to spin and swirl in her own shame and have her own armor and protection go up. I've further disconnected us. And now I require extra levels of energy for me to create repair to hopefully neutralize and diffuse the whole situation so we can just move forward. But in reality, if I can start to understand how my shame moves through my body, how it moves through my world, then I can move through it. 
And so we have a framework where we help people become aware, own, unpack their trash from their past so that they can identify it and move through it. And then we've got a process to flip our lid, but not in the way that we're going to react. We're going to flip our lid and just take a look at what's risen to the top, objectively wow. and non-judgmentally, right? So that we can be in that moment and we can real time scan our can and understand what's affecting us in this moment so that we can move in that last stage. Because when we can really reclaim and understand that the next time my wife says something to me, right, I can now flip my lid, scan my can real time and say, hey, babe, what you just said to me triggered me a little bit. So I have a feeling it's not exactly what you meant. Could you please restate that? Or maybe we can just pause this and revisit this later when I can diffuse myself a little bit more. Mm. Right. Or all of a sudden we can just be in a position where we don't even have those moments of resistance anymore because we've actually effectively excavated the trash from our past so we can see it clearly because when we react in that moment, right? When you feel like trash and when you feel like garbage, guess what? That means you have trash from your past. If you ever have anything on the negative spectrum of emotions that you exist in, that you live in, that you feel and experience, that's tied to trash from your past. You don't need to live there. You don't need to experience that. I only want you sitting in the trash from your past long enough until you can understand what it's pointing you towards. Mm. Because it's about how do we extract and excavate, but also truly almost all of our treasure is buried and hidden behind the trash. Mm. So our triggers cause us to react in these moments because our trash is connected to either unpacked or unprocessed prior events that have caused us to experience and feel things in a certain way. And we can pause now in the moment that we feel like trash and say, hmm, is what I'm reacting to right now have anything to do with what's right in front of me? Or does it have to do with the trash from my past? Mm. And when you can separate that even in a moment, you reclaim the moment. And oh, by the way, what did I just tell you? The only thing real is this moment. And we're trying to put you in a position that you can be the observer and active participant in your life real time so that you can continue to move. Because that's what it's all about, brother. Yeah. Wow, that's so good. Well, so the I think I think that's just absolute gold. Um, one announcement I want to make is, you know, you live in Arizona, and no, I'm not going to give everyone his address. That's not what I'm saying here. I am saying that on our retreat, March third and fourth, Brian is joining me and Cosimo to do an approach to like really change your life. And just to be clear for everyone, these are different than my prior retreats where I just hammer you with, you know, 50 different speakers. There's a good chance that it's literally just going to be me, Brian and Cosimo, um, because we want to be able to go deep and not wide. And we want to, you know, see what's possible when we, we focus on relationships, community, and we get out of the generalities because being on stage, we have to talk a little vague because we're trying to help people understand and just raise the awareness a little bit. These events are to really raise the, the awareness a lot of it is what we're going after. We want to go deep, not wide. So Brian has uh, decided to, to, to grace us with uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, he's going to show up in a, in a big garbage truck. He's going to have a garbage suit on. Like, it's going to be, no, I, I just made I'm that starting to get known as the garbage man. It is, it is. That was the first thing I had to land on when we went down this path is I was like, all right, is my ego going to, wait, 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 wait. There's no place for ego in the work I'm doing. That like immediately shut it down. I was like, I'm going to have to be okay being referenced as the garbage man because dude, it is what it is. But here's the reality. I'm just trying to get every single person 
to be their own garbage man. Yeah. Because yeah, you're the only person that can do the work. You're the only person that can do the digging. I just want to yeah. shine a light to show you the way, because I've said this for years, bro. I want to elevate and empower as many people as possible. I'm not the type of coach that wants dependency on me. That's why my intensives cap at a year. I won't work with you longer than a year That's because true. if I haven't gotten you there within a year, then I'm either not doing something effective enough or you're not applying it actively enough. Either of both is not a good, not good. use yeah. of our time or energy or resources. And I, I, I'm, I'm all about trying to free as many people as possible. So I know that when you're down here, brother, we are going to do something really cool together. But mm -hmm. I have a question that I want to just, just dangle there for just a minute. Sure. Okay. And I have a feeling, I don't know if the answer is coming out right now or not. We'll have to see where this goes. But Greg, who was the last person that made you feel like garbage? I know someone. I guess we're going to unpack that on on when you join me on flipping the lid bro okay we will we'll unpack that and and i'll promise you and everyone i will hold nothing back because that's the only way you actually unpack the garbage is you gotta you gotta you gotta get it we gotta get what what's what's over here going to recycling what's going to what's the compact I, I don't actually i I'm still close to Boulder. I don't, I still don't understand compost and recycling and trash. And <laughs> it's gotten to a point where there's like seven different things. I'm like, and then it's Boulder, which is maybe the most judgmental place on planet earth. And I'm sitting here like, if I throw this in the wrong thing, someone's going to tackle me. So, which is probably more trash that I need to unpack, but <laughs> no, but so here's the thing, a cool part on our show, bro. We're going to feature you and all the cool things that have existed in your life to get you where you are now. So we're not going to go deep on anything other than where it's relevant for people to extract lessons. Amen. That's the goal of this show. And so this will only be a reflection to empower other people to move through similar situations that where they've been buried in someone else's trash that made them feel like garbage. Take it to the next level. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, you have a, a, a podcast that they can listen to right now called trash talk. Is that right? It's not live yet. We are in the process of filming a pilot show, which is where we actually help people identify and take out their oh, trash wow. real time in a coaching capacity on screen. And uh, and that one is going to be launching here over the course of the next month. Oh, wow. That's cool. And then the, the next one that's coming out is going to be called Flipping the Lid. And that's what you're going to be on, my friend. Okay, yep. that's so. And, and then right now, what's the best way for anybody to get into contact with you mm -hmm. to, you know, what's what, what, like, cause you know, I, I know every time I ask people this, you know, some people will just be like, ah, just hit me up on X or it's like, they give me like 19 yeah, things, a gazillion not, different things, but they're not actually active on like, you know, MySpace. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what's the best way for people to interact with you so that they can stay up to date on what's going on with, uh, with, with Brian. Yeah, only because I know your speed to delivery on this. I would love to be able to say we're literally in a few days launching uh, the landing page for takeoutyourtrashchallenge.com. Take okay. And so that's going to be amazing because it's literally just easy. Takeoutyourtrashchallenge.com. Remember that if you've listened to this and it's later than the end of January of 2023, that site will be active. But any of <laughs> you who are listening to it in the next week, it's not. So everyone else, listen to this answer. I'm at Bogert Brian on any social media channel. Okay. And I am on pretty much the major four. So uh -huh. if you want to find us, it's the best place to reach us. Um, and then again, I could give you 50 other resources, but let's start with those two. Awesome. Well, and that's and that's the thing, you know, we'll uh, we'll put your website and uh, the major four in our description of this. And, you know, I'm excited to, 
be on your show to see what we can unpack and where we go. Cause um, I'm both really excited and, and a, a little like, I don't get nervous with interviews, but man, you really go there, man. You're, you're just, you're a great coach and, and a, a great interviewer and, and you've already gone there with me multiple times. So, um, I, I know what you're capable of, which excites and terrifies me at the same time. <laughs> well, so. so here's the beautiful part. And this is what I want you and anybody to ever hear. My goal on this show is only to make everyone the hero of their own journey and their own story. Wow. And so I think that understanding it from a place of objectivity and non-judgment, there's nothing to be afraid of because yeah. all I'm trying to feature for you is a place where I can demonstrate empathy and compassion and reflect back to the world, the power of your story. Because again, we talk about suffering. Suffering exists in four places, brother, right? It's the things that are left unsaid, mm. the things that we lack permission to feel or say, the mm. things we lack the words to articulate or understand or the things that are left undone. Mm. Whenever you get on stage and you speak your truth, whenever you drop your armor and demonstrate vulnerability and authenticity, which you do all the time, right? Telling your stories, giving your nuggets of gold and wisdom, you're actually giving people permission to feel and say things that they might not have had otherwise. And you're giving them words to articulate and understand their situation in a way that they might not have understood before. Mm. which gives them the freedom to act and do. And so my friend, you are somebody who is actively alleviating people's suffering because you are lightening the loads that they have to carry by you empowering them with the strength and beauty of your heart and your story and the lessons that are wrapped up in it, brother. So that's what I want to feature for the world because that's who you are, man. Well, I gave you a good intro. You gave us a heck of an outro. So Thank you so much, my my very good friend, and I excited. I'm so excited for what this life has in store for us, and and we'll keep co-creating it, my friend. Oh, it's just the beginning, brother. The